This is Lo-Fi Lit with Mary Boo and Carmody Brady, and today we're talking about Yaki Residency, and we're talking about a short film that Carmen really, really likes, and we're going to talk about Bimbo Land by Aaron Taylor. Let's get into this fucking shit. Okay, so you guys previously know each other, you guys have met each other, and you guys have hung out, and you're like besties, right? <laughs> It's been since 2017 since we saw each other uh, in person, but yeah. We knew each other from online. We met in person at Catch Fest that summer. Yeah, I had met Catch a few times before that. So. All right, uh, Mary Boo, you want to go and talk about this residency? Are you in like your second residency already? Yeah, yeah, we're in the fall session. Yeah, we had our summer session, which was pretty successful so far. And yeah, in our fall session, we have uh, some. We have a comedian, we have a chef, uh, we have a sound artist. It's a uh, pretty eclectic. We obviously have writers uh, and more traditional kind of like uh, visual artists as well. And you do this, so the chef is like preparing food in the IKEA. You know, I'm totally curious. We actually paired the chef. For context, uh, for those who might not know, uh, the IKEA residency, we pair people. So basically, the only requirement is you meet up with this partner that Zoe Blair Schopenhoff and I curate for you, um, who's another artist, and you kind of make work together in IKEA. Um, but yeah, we paired the chef up with a comedian. So I'm extremely curious to see what's going on. Uh, last I saw is the chef was wearing like a bodysuit in IKEA, and they were, it seemed like they were doing some performance arty things. Um, regarding like, you know how in Ikea there's like arrows on the ground? Cause it's like a crazy maze. Um, yeah. So we will see. I don't totally know, but I'm very excited to see what they did. Do the employees at the Ikea like say anything to you guys or they just like ignore you and like continue on with their work? Good question. It's a, it's a mixed bag because it's so funny. Ikea actually encourages you to take pictures and interact and touch things. So just like, yeah, the artists kind of blend in that way. Um, one of the artists was interviewing uh, employees, so I think the employees were curious about that. Um, a couple of the artists, they wore matching like boiler suits, like uh, like jumpsuits, and they had these hats on that Zoe and I made that said like IKEA residency on them. And when they ordered meatballs at the cafeteria, the workers kept trying to give them the employee discount because they looked very official. But yeah, I think for the most part, the employees just kind of ignore us. Yeah, we're not causing too much ruckus. Yeah, I used to work at a grocery store for five years and 11 months on a night crew. If, like, there are, if they're like artists came in and were like doing art, I was like, that'd be awesome. That'd be like entertaining. Hell yeah. I love different. that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Carmen, does this sound like an interesting thing to you? Uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed following it on Instagram <laughs> and through your guys' interviews and stuff. So it seems like a lot of fun. What would you create, Carmen, if you were? paired up with mary boo <laughs> i don't that's legitimately not a question i was prepared for i don't know <laughs> uh i always feel i think i feel so overwhelmed in an ikea i don't know <laughs> um that's fair it would be fun to like go there and put together a piece of Wayfair furniture in <laughs> everyone's way. But I don't know if that's really art so much as just being a little shithead. <laughs> uh, How do you pair up people? Is it just like random? You just like do it by raffle? Good question. It's a, 
well, a slightly intuitive process, I suppose. Uh, we take a lot of things into consideration. Um, what do we take? Sometimes we pair up people's work that is like feels very similar thematically. Sometimes we pair up people who are working in very different materials to see like how that would kind of intersect. Um, sometimes it's just vibes, you know. It's like <laughs> vibe curation. Yeah. What do, do we think these people get along and have interesting dialogues? I guess. Cool. How did you all meet uh, Aaron, and how did you learn about Aaron Taylor? Uh, I think I was probably I probably added Carmen and Aaron Taylor on Twitter about the same time. I imagine I imagine probably like twenty fourteen or so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think I first met Aaron maybe in New York before. I don't think I saw them at Catch Fest. I think they maybe went to a Catch Fest before I went to it. Yeah. I don't know. What about you, Carmen? I've never met them in person, but I think 2014 would be the time frame that I encountered them online for the first time. Because I remember 2013 or 2014 being, just having come back from living abroad and then starting graduate school and like connecting with them about living abroad. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know. Were you were you ever on Tumblr, or did I meet you on Twitter? I think only Twitter. Were yeah. you on Tumblr? Yeah, for a little bit, right, right before I Hell joined yeah. Twitter. I I like Tumblr. Yeah. Who have you met on Tumblr that like you still know? Just like Shabby Dollhouse people. Um, a, a few like Paul Hanson. Clark oh. and um, oh, Justin Fife and a few a few other people um, who I also met in person at Catch Oh Austin Islam too um, oh and a few people I met when I was living in Madison Wisconsin and then they were all in Chicago. Um, I met them in person at in Chicago. Carmen, do you ever think about going up to California on like during the summer? Yeah, uh, I actually have done that, but mostly I feel like the bummer for me about going to California is most places I have family obligations as well uh, that I get really? sucked into. Yeah, actually, all of my L.A. family moved away from L.A., so if I went to L.A., I wouldn't have that with one exception I just remembered. But if I ever go back to the Bay Area, it's a lot of family. Mm. I was like, just I, yeah, didn't you live in the Bay for a little bit? I did for like a year. Uh -huh. um, from Yeah, because when I went to that catch fest where I met you, I was getting ready to move away like i was getting ready to move to kansas but i was still living in the bay um, where in the bay were you i was in san jose oh nice um yeah it was i had a really terrible job <laughs> i did it so um but it was a cool place to be theoretically so maybe you could go to california and just like ignore all of your family and all your responsibilities regarding your family just like do it in secret and stay with mary boo <laughs> Yeah, come visit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be fun. I've got, 
I do. This is the only thing I think about. Like when I lived there, I did go to LA once. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got my mom's like college roommate lives there, but she works in the movie industry. So she's often not at her house. And so like, I can just stay at her place in Burbank. That's ideal. Um, <laughs> I know, but the timing has to be Pretty right. Tricky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does she do sure. in the movies? That's a great question. It's you don't know? Those, well, it's one of those things where, cause I don't know. I, I grew up in the LA area and so she was just always like a fixture in my life and it's just like Bonnie works for the movies. Uh, so I, I think she does like accounting or something, but she has to travel with them. Like she worked on Star Wars and I know she traveled for that and wow. other stuff and she's like on set. So um, I, don't, I don't know what Bonnie does. <laughs> that's cool though yeah hey mary boo how did you come up with this idea with zoe were you all just like sitting around thinking about ideas you could do with one another or did like you go to zoe with it or did zoe come to you good question it's a little of both uh zoe and i were kind of toying with the idea of doing something together we were kind of thinking about doing some kind of themed reading series this past summer or something um, and then I think I kind of came up with the idea about the Ikea residency. I guess I've always been intrigued by it as like a place to make art. Like I was making video art there in like 2016, 2017. I've written like some poems about it. It's been in some of my like performance art stuff. And yeah, it's just such a weird space that you can kind of loiter at. And I, I kind of thought that was interesting. And it's going well. How long do you plan on doing it? Yeah, that is uh, up in the air right now. Um, we're definitely going to do four seasons of residency. So we are in our fall. We're going to do a winter residency where we we already have our applicants all picked out for that, ready to go. And then we will open submissions for spring. And then we're going to do a spring exhibition. And then from there, we're not totally sure where we're going to go. We might change it into like an IKEA fellowship where it's like longer term and fewer artists. Or we've, we've kind of been toying with the idea of changing it all together, like maybe making it like, Instead of the IKEA residency, dropping the K and making it the IDEA residency and kind of making like different themes each year, maybe a different big box store or something more conceptual altogether. Yeah, not sure. You know, we we both kind of got into it because it was a way to like have a project between each other and like have fun doing that. And um, yeah, as long as it stays fun, I think we're both we're both into it. See how it evolves. Do people go to the IKEA once or is it over several trips? Uh, our only requirement is to go once, but it seems like on average people are going minimum like three to four times with their partner, which is kind of crazy. So they go alone. They don't like y'all don't meet up once and like have timed uh, periods of creation. Sorry. So you don't like all meet up at oh, once like for like time. three hours, but yeah, you allow them to uh... meet up whenever. Exactly, exactly. A lot of flexibility. You can meet up with your partner whenever in that month of the residency, or you can go alone, or kind of a mix of both, which is what I imagine most people do. Do you uh, and Zoe meet up with them? Yeah, we do a lot of our meetings, like admin residency meetings at IKEA. Um, yeah, so that's kind of funny and fun. This Sunday, actually, we're going to be at IKEA the whole day. We're going to do like studio visits at IKEA. Um, so we invited all the residents if they want studio visits with Zoe or I will be there and like visit them in their studio in Ikea, which is, like, is whatever they make it to be. If it's a showroom or the cafeteria or 
warehouse. We'll go meet up with them and talk about what they're working on. Have you thought about doing like a mini documentary with like one of your phones, like during the process of all this? Honestly, that's a really good idea. I have not considered that, but I feel like that's a really good idea. Having that documentation, I think I'll appreciate later. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do like a big spring exhibition of art from the full year. What's your favorite piece that someone's created? Hmm. I don't know. I do really like the zine that a uh, resident from the summer made, Jackie Tran. He was interviewing a lot of employees and visitors about their experiences there. And then he's going to give them full copies of the zine he made. And then for the exhibition, he's going to redact almost all of the information. So then you might inclusivity and exclusivity, like who gets to read what and why, like kind of acts of trust between you and who you're kind of interacting with. I thought that was pretty cool. Do you and Zoe ever get into fights? Not really, actually. Yeah, we, we really get along really well. And uh, I think people just respect each other so much. Like if anyone does bring up anything serious, the other one like really listens. Um, yeah. If you were to combat Zoe in a fist-to-fist fight, who do you think would win? You know, I got to say, I think I think Zoe might win. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm not really much of a fighter. I don't know if she is either, but I feel like she, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have a feeling that she could she could beat me. <laughs> Do you think you could beat up Carmen? I don't know. <laughs> Carmen, Carmen's a runner. Aren't you running and stuff? I feel like you're you're. Like, Carmen has like abs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carmen I think like... I I could probably win. I think uh, you could win too. <laughs> wow. Team Carmen. <laughs> I think. Uh, I don't know. I think if you had the element of surprise, you might be able to take me because I get pretty flustered. But like. If I knew what was coming, uh, yeah. I would probably, uh, yeah, uh, probably be beaten by you, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, luckily, I don't think that would ever be a situation, though. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> Unless Mary Boo went for the birds. Mm. I think Carmen might freak out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at birds right now. That's part oh. of why I'm outside. I've got a hummingbird right there. Oh, I love them. And a house finch over there. Sorry, I was just going to say really quick, do you guys remember when like the poets would like it, if uh, doing fist fights before the reading? Do you remember this at all? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> Who did this? I saw something with Theo and Ben. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking about. I only saw it online. I was never there, but it sounded kind of fun and funny. Yeah, same. Carmen, are you going to do a project that involves uh, the birds? Come to your bird feeder. Uh, I've, yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I have like a thing written about some of them, and I have some like pictures that I want to use as references, but I haven't actually started on the project itself. Um, Okay, I guess let's uh, talk about this short film that Carmen uh, really, really likes and watches all the time. It's a short film from like 2014 from like the Netherlands. It is a stop motion animated film with little monkeys that work in an office and like a, two pigs that work in a little uh, fast food place and then a dog or something that works like as a night crew clerk. That's like what I used to do. And they start, like, dancing and shit, but they start, like, singing about the burden that is on their shoulders, and one day it will be lifted. You forgot the sad fish in the hotel. Oh, yeah, of course. The the fish with the bad skin. Yeah. 
Very but the hotel, the hotel's like, you come here if no one wants you or no one will have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a delightful piece of media, first off. Uh, and I, I think more people should see it because it's only, what, like 14 minutes long? But... It is, uh, I'll say, I'm someone who doesn't really like movies that much. Um, I have a short attention span. And I think also just growing up, we had such restricted screen time. I don't know. I stare at my phone all day, so I don't know what the difference is with that. Anyways, but it's short and digestible and still contains a narrative, which is really nice. Um, but I also just find the, like, multiple layers of the weird animal people to be delightful because there's this like cute factor i don't know they're really adorable uh but the whole thing is about like alienation and then if you have these weird animals dancing that's also kind of alienating uh and the just like visual of the stop motion is both appealing but also has that uncanny valley factor to it that i think adds to the narrative so that's the basic overview of why i like it also i think it's in swedish which is just a funny language uh because you can recognize some words right like j just like with any of these sort of germanic languages you can recognize the roots but they don't actually make sense uh when you're trying to read the whole thing how did you find out about it? I don't know. I think, honestly, Andy was just surfing the Criterion channel, looking for the weirdest things he could find. Um, and that one came up. And then I watched it. And really liked it. What do you think it means when they say the burden will be lifted from his shoulders? Do you think that means dying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I I think, and I don't know totally, but I feel like that statement by the characters is an optimistic statement of, I am going to have this um, fixed in my life with the, with the background of watching like, this whole shopping center detached from the earth and knowing the apocalypse is uh, imminent. So I'm not sure if it's supposed to be from the characters about death. I think from the characters, it's supposed to be optimistic, but as a viewer, maybe you take it that way. Mary Boo, I saw, I did a deep dive on your Twitter and I saw that you used to create illustrations with your brother about like commercialized stuff and commercials? Oh, like when we were little kids? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we were really little, yeah, my brother Joe and I, we would like make magazines, like when we were maybe like, I don't know, seven and nine or something. And we got really sucked into making the ads more than the actual content. We would draw like ads. And I think one of the ads was like, against capitalism like it was like someone who like yeah maybe you even know better than me tyler i don't remember these uh that well but yeah 
remember joining a lot of ads. <laughs> Do you see a connection between that and like the film? Because the film seems like an anti-capitalistic like, kind of statement. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think there's definitely a connection between the, the Swedish film or between... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, that feeling and ads uh, are definitely related. Yeah. Consumerism. Like there's a lot of those scenes like in the grocery store, in the hotel, it has like this ambiance of consumerism. Did you like the film? I gotta be honest. I watched half of it, then my computer died. So I need to watch the whole thing. I apologize. No, they just keep doing the same stuff, except a giant hole opens up in the center of a store and things oh, just yeah, start falling true. off the shelves. Man, the best line is in the grocery store when the dog was like, last night I had the most terrible dream. It was exactly like this, except for it was a dream. Uh, wow. Which is funny. I showed it to my parents and they hated it. Uh, <laughs> and after, I mean, I should have known that that would happen. Uh, but after it ended, my dad was like, can you explain to me why you like this? Um, which I couldn't because I was drunk, which is <laughs> why I suggested it. It was at like Thanksgiving or something. <laughs> Haven't you had them like watch anime before? Yeah, uh, I have. My mom is more receptive to things. Uh, my dad will usually just go to bed even if it's like 7 p.m. Um, <laughs> have they ever uh, gotten it into something you made them watch? Like they got way too into it? My mom got really into Evangelion, uh, which I made her watch. I Just the first few episodes of, and then she finished it on her own. Wow. What uh, is that? Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's a very, I think, like... It's from the 90s, uh, oh. but it's a very, like, oft-referenced uh, mech, kind of, it's like a mecha anime, but there's a twist to it. Um, I if recommend you, it. If you and Mary Boo were going to make a mecha, what, what would it look like? And what would the colors be? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming pink. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what kind of weapon would I have? Like a, like a French fry. I don't know. Um, I guess we could do something conceptual, like it's a whip, but it's actually a noodle. If we wanted to go food based, like. Mm. Um, I was thinking something maybe cacti oriented. I feel like a lot of your drawings. Oh have, like, yeah, that could be good, or like. If we wanted to still go weapon, but also plant route, like a jade plant, that could be a whip. Ooh. There we go. That. Yeah. And the pink and green could contrast nicely there. I think would that's it, it. Would it be like a bird? <laughs> a bird machine? I don't know. Um, I don't think so, but I feel like a beak element could be useful mm. in battle. Uh or it could like also be a birdhouse and you draw in birds and then you use them as weapons. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if the birds want to fight. I, yeah. know, they, I know they want to fight each other. Oh, 
like just now one hummingbird attacked the other hummingbird right in front of me oh my God. Uh, no it's normal yeah um, I hear yeah I hear hummingbirds can be kind of aggressive I don't have the aggressive ones I wonder if it's just like a California thing they're kind of chiller or whatever but I've heard they attack each other yeah they're really they're really quite aggressive we're in this area where we have like we get like 10 different species because we have some residents but we have migration because we're along the Sierra Madre that goes into Mexico um and so I think the inner species but also because especially right now there's like so few blooms and a hummingbird doesn't understand that I will always refill its feeder it <laughs> thinks it thinks it's gonna run out just like a flower <laughs> so they fight each other territorially um, do you guys relate to the film at all yeah I mean that's why I like it um, I'm not a cute dancing animal unfortunately uh, <laughs> but I think like especially I mean, I like the fish who are concerned about their skin and not being able to get along with their spouses. Uh, but I think especially like that trying to find joy or meaning in work and just always having that ultimately fail. Uh, and I think with the little, I think it's mice who are dancing at work and they have this like real human connection. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, we got to finish being janitors. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's very good. How about you, Mary Boo? Yeah, I would second what Carmen said. Yeah, just this idea of trying to find joy in work, the futility of that, the beauty of that, even when you fail, there's something very human about that trying. Yeah. You just create what you can, I guess, outside of work. Yeah. I know that you're having a hard time with that, Carmen. I've seen on your Twitter. Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's, it's okay been... to like not write for like a year or two. I mean, you don't have to like feel guilt about not constantly writing. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Just being frank about it, I've had I've struggled writing, and when I have written and tried to submit things places, they've gotten rejected recently and um i think just also like i've i've said i've been really busy at work and while i think i'm lucky in that there's a lot of aspects of my job i find rewarding it's it's just there's never going to be a situation where every aspect of your job is rewarding and unfortunately those aspects have been extremely draining um so I do feel guilty because I feel like I'm not being the person that people expect me to me, that people expect me to be. Um, Who do you think people expect you to be? Uh, a better version of myself. Uh, someone who writes and draws all the time and also runs more than three miles. Uh, but. When you're running, do you create in your head? Sometimes, I think, especially on longer runs. Um, I think that's one reason I don't, well, no, I won't say that. What? I think, 
Well, I was going to say that's one reason I don't like listening to audiobooks is I can find when I'm running is because I can find that to be distracting, but I think that depends on the audiobook. Um, but I think more for me running, I'll, I'll be honest, the other thing here too, uh, I found it to be a much more creative process when I was in Kansas and ran um, because I mostly ran on those like big dirt farm roads uh, where there was like a lot of interesting things to look at, like little ponds and uh, big cornfields and watching them change or whatever. And here I'm mostly running through um, the same neighborhood over and over and there might be an interesting garden, but it's not the same. So I find I find more when I'm like hiking or trail running here that to be the case. But have you ever felt threatened while running by like someone or pres a presence? Um, no, not huh? not here really. Um, I'm trying to think in. My neighborhood in Wisconsin was a little bit weird and I did a few times and definitely when I was in Ecuador, but I feel like part of that was just the fact that I look like a gringa. And so a what a, a, a gringa, like I, I'm very white. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so just like, a white girl running in the city was a strange thing to see. So it would for real. Yeah. Well, yeah. And South America. Yeah. So I think people would just like no. teenagers, especially would follow because they were bored. Uh, if you weren't running into parks or something, oh just like running in the neighborhoods. But I also there ran in the neighborhood quite a lot. The infrastructure there isn't always as good the sidewalks are quite uneven but i had this like route that i would take that my older neighbors would also be on and so like whenever one of us would fall we could help each other out so that was <laughs> very sweet uh i never learned their names though so oops mary boo do you go exercise or run or yoga i'm a terrible runner it's a uh... Hilarious. My brother's running a marathon in a couple of weeks. He's crazy. He visited me a couple of weeks ago and ran like 23 miles. So he's insane. I do a lot of yoga. I do yoga four to five times a week and I go to a dance class every Wednesday. Oh, shit. I try to, I try to stay active enough, but. Do you do ballet? I'm actually, I'm, a I, I'm taking a dance class, but I'm, I'm very bad at it. <laughs> um, it's, it's a social dance class. I'm like really obsessed with taking classes at like my local community college. And uh, it's like uh, we're learning, we just learned merengue and salsa. We're going to learn like bachata, swing, waltz, ballroom, stuff like that. Do you do performances? Yeah, we're going to have a recital at the end, which is going to be pretty funny. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. That's going to be so cute. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an outfit picked out? Not yet. That's a good question. Yeah. I'll have to think about it. Do you know how to salsa, Carmen? No. I can't dance at all. Um, no, I feel like when I did live abroad, I was usually my friend's like wing woman, like 
especially my friend Grace was just like way more attractive than me. And so at the clubs, all the guys would go for her. And so I would get their wingman and it would like drive people away how bad at dancing I was, um, which isn't and of itself is a talent. But yeah, I, I just have like no rhythm. I think Andy has tried to like show me drums before too. Um, and he's like, you have to know that you're going faster and changing the pace. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't have to know that because I don't know that. Drums are hard. I tried drums when I was a kid and I did like band and I never practiced. So I like really sucked. Like there's yeah. a whole like, there's like math to it and all this crap that I didn't want to learn. Yeah, yeah, when I go when I go running or I just started again after like two years of being on my ass. I've gained all this weight and I started like within two weeks I tried to do like there's a park called the Fortune near my house and it has like a three point two loop and I jog that at a pretty slow pace, but I do what I can. And it feels better now just doing that. I try to do that at least once a day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The thing I've struggled with here, and I don't know, I know the weather in Oklahoma has gotten better recently. Just my dad is still working out of OKC a lot of the time, but I don't know how it's been in the LA area, but it's been so hot here still that like, I haven't wanted to go running after work, which I can do it before work, but I'd prefer to do it after, but it's still like 90 degrees when I get home from work. Do you do it when the sun is going down? Yeah, I, I try to. I just, mm -hmm. I feel like my motivation to do it is at its peak 30 minutes after I get home from work rather than like 30 minutes after I eat dinner or whatever. Because uh, then I just want to be in bed. Yeah. So. I guess I cheat because I take like half an hour all and then I go jog. Yeah. It helps when it makes me like paranoid and angry. I'm like, if I start like exerting and going faster and people like look at me and I'm like, what are you guys looking at? They get all angry at them. <laughs> so I guess we should like dig into Bimbo Land by Aaron Taylor. Yeah. What did we guys like, are you guys uncomfortable talking about this book? No. Okay, cool. I think I haven't seen it like discussed a lot on podcasts. And, like, it's been out for a year. Yeah, I feel like it... Part of it, I wonder, too, is it dropped at a slightly inopportune time mm. in the pandemic. And also, like, right after... It dropped right after they moved to the L.A. area, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that would be harder than... They had been in New York for so long. I bet it would be easier to like do a lot of launch stuff. Yeah, I know uh, <laughs> there there are issues with like publishing it. It seemed like there were like there were yeah. several dates that it was coming out, and then it would get delayed again. It would get delayed again. I asked uh, Mary Boone Carmen to choose one to two poems that they really liked that we would uh, dig into. Yeah, you start, and then we'll move on from there. Revenge comes to those who fester. Being liked is the least of my worries. But thank you for reminding me. 
I have Googled the same name 20 times in two years to the same result. Some would set an alert. I like to purposefully dwell in my deep dives. Revenge is hotter than sex, but it's evil to admit. What if my little body daydreams of you slipping on ice? It's so sexy when karma does you in. I'm praying for you that we will never run into each other. I'm praying for myself to have the strength if we do. And I chose this poem to look at because I feel like it represents an experience when you there's someone in your past you hate, but then also sometimes you feel like, should I hate this person? Should I forgive them? And then you think about them later and then you hate them again. And then sometimes you think, well, maybe I should not be so hateful. I should not be resentful towards this person. Maybe I'm the one who fucked up in the friendship or relationship or whatever. But then you hate them again later. And this poem represents that because like, uh, yeah, what if my little body daydreams of you? That's like I'm daydreaming about this person. But then the next line is slipping on ice and it changes the positive connotation to a negative one. That's what I like about poetry. You go from one, one line to the next and the entire fucking thing changes. Do you guys like this poem or dislike it? How did you feel? Yeah, I like it. And I... <laughs> I actually, I really like the line, the, or the lines. I've Googled the same name 20 times in two years to the same result. Some would set an alert. I like to purposely dwell in my deep dives. Um, and I'm not sure necessarily that this is the intent per se. Um, but I also like the space that that gives to think about the fact that um, a lot of the times you do Google the same person that you're resentful towards and you tell yourself this will be the last time and so that's why you're not going to set the alert. You're going to just keep going through it even if you don't think that that's what you'll do. So, I've never thought about setting an alert. That's such a good idea. <laughs> going to have to do that. Oh no. Yeah, something about her. Yeah, like she decided or I guess they decide not to set the alert because I think it's this idea too, like being in control. Like I want to decide when I look for you. I think there's something if you get the alert email, it's like surprising and can kind of. Yeah, it takes the control away, maybe. Have you guys sent an email to the person that you're deep diving? Once you found a possible email that could be linked to them after years of not finding a possible link to them. No, but I've accidentally liked a status or like, <laughs> or like a, yeah, or like really a deep dive into the Instagram like 2014 <laughs> from now. And it's like, oh shit, dude, I can't unlike that fast enough to undo my sins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> what did the, what did the person do to you? 
Uh, I feel like it varies. Uh, I think it's not some. That's not something I would do to anyone now in the space that I'm at <laughs> as a person, but just like ranging from like larger misgivings that I'd rather not say to as simple as being turned down, but like, I'll still be your friend type thing. And it's just like, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm way more successful than you kind of bullshit. Have you ever looked up someone they were more successful than you and like pisses you off? like it doesn't piss me off but yeah i've had that happen it, mm -hmm. well it pisses me off that, that i would be full of myself to think that i might be the one in a better p position <laughs> yeah, i guess it doesn't piss me off but it like i just think well well at least i can be more creative and i like to read deep literature <laughs> stuff and i'm deeper than this other person that's rich yeah there we go how about you mary boo Takes on the poem, or or uh, have you ever plotted to murder someone that you uh, hate? Mm, not really. Yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> not yet. Okay. What do you think about the poem? I like the poem. I I read this book when it came out, I guess a year ago, and then I like reread the whole thing today, and it's interesting thinking about this poem because it has a lot of the themes in the whole book like mm -hmm. it's kind of about missing and grief but then like also indulging in missing and the grief and the desire to miss like that process like um the purposefulness i guess she said they say to uh i like to purposely dwell like that dwelling like what's the, the book almost questions like what's the difference between uh dwelling and desire almost like is mm -hmm. there an overlap like where is that space can you like glorify your own grief? Is there something sexy about missing something? It really gets into like the grayness of things you maybe wouldn't typically assume are like desirable. Yeah, that's a really fucking good point. I don't know. Do you wanna, okay, do you wanna, I guess we should hurry up. Do you wanna go to your next, do you wanna do the sure. next one? I'll do, a, I'll do a short one. I have a lot bookmarked because I. Oh my god! You have like seventy-five. I like started writing notes. I was I was getting really into it. Wait, do, what's yeah. the notes on that? Do that poem. Oh, uh, these are oh, these are just notes in general. I can I can. Show me to read you my notes. Sure. Um, notes on, on the left side are just things like themes I was thinking about, and then on the right side were like comparable things that I think maybe Aaron was thinking of or would enjoy thinking about Bimbaland. Mm -hmm. So the first list is um, sex slash work missing slash touching covid pandemic power slash vulnerable facades disappearing slash death versus taking up space like even in the poem you pointed out tyler like the uh person in the poem is they always reference their small body or their little body and that's referenced in many poems i thought that was kind of interesting inflicting receiving pain um many goodbyes slash insatiable this idea of yeah insatiableness and like missing or grief or wanting heaven slash hell slash grief mother father dynamics uh like clock uh aaron taylor references a clock a lot like tick tock goodbye future no future kind of the ending of the earth being small and then the art i, I guess i should really just send aaron all this stuff i feel like they get a kick out of this obviously chelsea menace the writer i think aaron really is into 
Wait, it, do you think that influenced like bad bad influences? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All exclamation points. Yeah, I think Aaron. <laughs> that. I didn't mean. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll have you read your poem. Cool. Let's do it. Um, I liked a lot of the worky ones. I guess that's that's just what I find interesting. Like the boss one. Yeah, I like the boss ones. Yeah, I guess I'll just read the first one I have uh, marked off after labor. It's on page 34. After labor. I have a full day of doing nothing to look forward to. I don't believe in a work culture because it implies a belief in work. I believe in capital, a subtle justification of poverty, of wealth, of cops. If I ever work in a co-working space, shoot me. I want to find a dynamic solution to the end of everything we know right now. After therapy, I went to the earth room and thought of a world after us, a world where every dollar bill is turned into mulch and every home overgrown. Whoa. That was also the first one I had marked off too. Wow. Instinct. <laughs> Why'd you have it marked off, Carmen? Um, I mean, I, I always wish I had a better thing to say other than I liked it. Uh, but just because I, I really liked it and uh, I like, I really liked this turn from um, the focus on labor to the focus on a world post-labor and I think frankly sort of post-civilization it's a nice volta definitely definitely yeah and the dollar bill being the the soil from which everything yeah yeah dollars grows yeah and like the corporatization of like working co-working space yeah compared to the uh earth room the thought of like the apocalypse and shit I don't know. My ideas come out as random fragments in my head, and then I speak them out. Yeah, I think, too, uh, just because in my gloomier musings, I, I do enjoy thinking about uh, the sort of, like, after death, my body being mulched. Uh, you think about that? I, yeah, a lot. Um, I mean... How many times? A lot. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to quantify it, but like every day, like once a week. I don't. I think. Where's your body to composing? <laughs> I. I don't. I. Um. Like I've thought about if I die and the like, they they can make your body into compost now. And so if that's legal by the time I die, that would be nice. So I think about it when I'm using compost, when I'm like gardening, but I also think about it when I'm like hiking a lot because there's just like decaying matter. Um, but I hadn't ever thought about this idea of like the sort of accoutrement of life, like dollar bills and these other things. Like, I don't know how much of my clothing is going to become mulch someday in some post-apocalyptic world not all of it because a lot of it's plastic but some of it will so do you think about uh dying like that mary boo like your body decomposing on the in the grass i guess so i, I think of it as an optimistic thing yeah if it my body so peaceful. to the earth yeah i think that sounds nice 
I think my my death uh, fantasies are much darker. Yeah, what are your death fantasies? Uh, like putting a gun to my head and shooting myself in the head and thinking about the bullet entering my head and exiting my head and like people finding my body. I feel like that's a very bimbo land. Uh, yeah. Way more metal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're both from Tulsa, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. Do you want to read a, a poem, Carmen? Sure. Let me see what the next thing. Uh... Also, if you're going to shoot yourself, don't shoot yourself in the heart because then blood like overflows out of the orifices. <laughs> yeah. And you I start just... drowning in like your own blood. Oh, God. Yeah. I, feel like I thought it would be a cool metaphor for like my suicide. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a bad idea. <laughs> There's probably better ways to do it, um, yeah. or or just not. I think the sadder thing is waiting until the end of things naturally, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, just suffering. Anyway, um, the end on page fifty-six. Uh, page fifty-six. The end. Have a bad habit. Many bad habits of hatching my heart before it even warms. I'm trying to not count you until you hatch. Having been the disappointed woman, woman before, I know it's not a good look on me. Oh no, Carmen left. Yeah, I think she'll probably jump back in. The silliness of youth is not realizing how quickly 10 years goes by and then another until you are past half a century and your legs won't let go, let you go like they used to. Your daughter, she stops calling, but the years continue onward. The radio show blares out the end of society as we know it. You knew this day would come, wrapped in fear, sitting at your little desk bed table that you have, only to find that there is nothing you can do to change a cement brick. Did you like this poem? Did you mark it out? I didn't mark it out. In fact, I don't really remember reading this one, but it is really interesting. The daughter and the society, bad habits. I wonder if Carmen picked it because of like habits. I feel like habits come up in Carmen's work. Like a routine. Yeah. A familiar routine. Yeah, and the futility. Yeah, a lot of futility going on in these. Yeah, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this poem, Tim? Hmm. Ten years go by and then another until you are half past half a century and your legs won't let you go. The aging. The I aging. guess. Yeah, time is going on forward. Maybe dwelling on the end of time. Totally. I'm not really good at like analyzing poems that I haven't like specifically like thought about. I just think about one poem for like an entire day. I totally get that. No, no pressure. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like in other uh, poems in this collection, they talk about time and youth and like trying to capitalize on the beauty of youth as mm -hmm. a young person. What do you want? Uh, you said you said the no about the little body. What do you think that that theme or that term is doing in the book? I think it's I think it's expressing like a vulnerability, I guess, a little body. It's like I'm small, but there's like a power there's like power plays, power dynamics in this book, I feel like. It's like, is this protagonist the person who's like in charge? Because they do kind of have like a bossy, sassy kind of mentality, right? They're like, you know kind of in charge of these guys in the sex dungeon, but other parts are like kind of very vulnerable and very trapped. And the smallness I think plays in that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not sure. 
Hey, yeah, I, th- I like how the speaker like talks about sex and it just becomes this like very ordinary everyday thing in their life. Like it's just another thing they have to go through. Like a work. It's like it's it's work. It's work. It's literally work. So Carmen, why'd you choose this uh, poem? I had Mary Boo read it. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, That's all right. It happens. Uh, why did I choose this? I think, one, I just appreciate anything that's a bird-like metaphor. Uh, but two, I think really this stanza that starts the silliness of youth is not realizing how quickly 10 years goes by. And then another until you're past half a century and your legs won't let you go like they used to. Um, one, I just like it as a, a turn because I feel like it's a turn and point of view in the poem. It seems to be shifting from this main speaker we have throughout the collection to, I think the speaker's mother, because it's like your daughter, she stops calling, but the years continue onward. Um, so I liked that. And it also felt uh, very wise in a collection of poetry that I, I, I think feels very, not wise, a very wizened in a collection of poetry that feels very useful. Um, uh, and I think that's contrasted with the poem before and after it too. The poem after it. Oh, I just, I, I yeah. Um, yeah, the I, po- I, poem before and after it. Yeah. I like that you can't change a brick. Yeah, I like that as a finishing line too. Uh, there is nothing you can do to change a cement brick. Um, it's a nice line. It's strange. I was looking at Aaron's uh, Twitter, and I guess Aaron, they had a a classmate that like disappeared and i was looking at the details and like it's like the 17 year old girl like Paige, just like went out one day she was supposed to go to summer school and like she left the house in the early morning with like her cell phone and like slippers and like they've never found her after that oh my god yeah i don't know why this was reminding me of something like that so i'm gonna read the next poem Regret- regrettable <laughs> french man because that's <laughs> the other one that i had uh chosen all right Oh, it's on page 57, by the way. Regrettable Frenchman. Do I talk a big talk? Walk a big game? We fuck in the way I like. Loveless with respect. The view from the window out of your apartment is wealthy. I see the little joggers on the street below. As you raw me like the little slut I so want to be. I wish that it was easier to be one of those women who go to yoga twice a week, content with their French buddies and long-term boyfriend that thinks sexting online isn't cheating. I should have fed you cake, but instead I dropped it on the floor, made you clean up the homemade ice cream. I leave after cuddling for five minutes. You can hold my feet, but that's not love, baby. Oh, I chose this poem. 
it seems the speaker is when they when they like speak like in the first of it or when they say like as you raw me like the little slut i so want to be it seems like they're speaking like uh like a script and it's it's in fan it's all fantasy and like they're in this fantasy that people when people like watch porn or something they fantasize themselves in the porn the fantasy is the women jogging for the speaker and they're like having fantasies about these women that are jogging and they they wish that it was easier to be one of these women so they're not like they don't have contempt for the joggers they want to be the joggers and they're fantasizing about those women jogging and the routine and the familiarity that the joggers have of going to yoga twice a week uh talking with their their friends and their buddies even though their boyfriend might be cheating and i think they are empathizing with these women and it's funny because the speaker is in a sort of fantasy that the joggers maybe they if they knew the speaker they would like fantasize about that i'm not sure but it like when they i should have fed you cake but instead i dropped it on the floor it's just like they're going through these motions that they really don't even have any emotions towards it's all fake you agree or disagree I don't know if I agree or disagree. I find you disagree. I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. Quite. I feel most interpretations are valid. So whatever. Um, I do like. Where is? Let's see. Oh. I, I like the contrast between as you raw me like the little slut. I so want to be. Um, I like that emotion and I like it contrasted with this. I wish it was easier to be one of those women who, etc. I think knowing that even if you were one of those women, uh, you'd probably still wish you were something else, <laughs> even still, right? Uh, it's a sort of like unattainable. If I was this, it would be better. Um, I think that the cake imagery is interesting because that's another, like, I think, motif throughout, right? Um, this sort of, like, wanting to feed cake and, like, shove it in there, but it never quite works that I remember <laughs> in any of the poems. Um, and I think it's this sort of, like, failure both of desire and failure of this idealization of domesticity uh, at the same time. But, I think there's a parallel between the long-term boyfriend that thinks sexting a lot isn't cheating and the parallel between the dude talking to them with the speaker i don't i don't really know i see it more as a contrast because mm -hmm. it it seems like because uh, there's like no connection yeah like it they're seems both like, void of any reality yeah but at least the one who's physically with the speaker is being honest about it, it seems. Uh, versus that acknowledgement of even in this fantasy of what you want to be, 
that is a fantasy because there would be this sort of deception. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, I, just, I don't know. I just thought of this with the line, you can hold my feet, and then compare that to the, the jogging women. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Mary Boo? <laughs> Uh, thinking about Carmen's, yeah, the double wish thing, thinking about your thing, Tyler, where you're talking about like this kind of fantasy, like how she's kind of wanting to be through the window. Like, through the window, I think it's easy to project fantasy when you're like being voyeuristic and stuff. The cake motif, yeah, the cake, the domesticity, the decadence of the cake, kind of like a Marie Antoinette or like, yeah, like a, yeah, decadence vibe. Yeah, failure. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the feet thing is an interesting thing, Tyler, that you brought up to the joggers. I think that is, uh, yeah, very interesting. Would you like to read your next poem? Uh, or another poem? Sure. Because it has some birds in it and is also one I, uh, I bookmarked. Let it's me know on, if you guys need to get out of here or anything. Cool. Okay. It's on 43, and it's called The Balcony I Became Addicted to Nicotine. Redefining the boxes I have put in, I have been put in. The traffic from the highway sounds exactly like the call of the beluga whale. There are birds talking above my head, and there is love in my heart greater than anyone who has ever hurt me. I have been made small many times. It's incredible that my body still exists after all I have put it through. My body is the only thing I will have forever, and it must hate me. I'm going to complicate a relationship with my body, send tweet. There's an ambulance roaring outside for a very fiery second, and there's smoke over the mountain peaks that I will never touch. Yeah, I picked it I, for a few reasons, I guess. Um, I like in this book, like how they're dealing with space and thinking about space. And I lived in New York when they lived in New York, so it has a very visceral feel to me. And um, just thinking of the op. op Optimism and beauty of like even a small New York balcony uh, appealed to me, I guess. Um, and I, I thought this poem was over, like a lot of the poems are kind of dark and sad and angry. It's a lot of rage in this book, I feel. And this one feels a little more hopeful, a little more optimistic, maybe a little more melancholy. And yeah, and I think that spoke to me too. And there's this motif in the book, motif in the book about touching, like um, every other poem I feel like mentions touching in some way or missing touching or wanting to be touched. Um, and I like that this, this poem gets a little more kind of symbolic with it, thinking about the smoke over the mountains and never touching that, something very far away. Yeah. Carmen, what do you think this in tweet <laughs> means in like juxtaposition with the line before it? Because I know you tweet a lot. You are very good at Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate my boyfriend keeps asking me every time there's news about elon musk's twitter if that's going to be the end for me and every time i say probably and then every time it's not <laughs> is that depressing uh, you think like all that could disappear yeah uh i think especially i conduct most of as sad as this might be to some people at this point in my life much of my social life is conducted online Me too. so uh yeah i don't know i feel like especially living in a somewhat rural area it's easier to find people online in a lot of ways 
Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> about the uh, I'm in a complicated relationship with my body son tweet. I don't really know. I think that's just a thing that seems like it works in a tweet format, the line directly before it. And so it's sort of a funny thing to say. I don't really see much more of it than that. Uh, Does it take anything away from the line? I don't know, because I think it's okay to have a scoff uh, at yourself, which it kind of feels like. Uh, I don't know if you ever have those thoughts where it's just like, everything is awful. And it's just like, yeah, this is what everyone's thinking too. Uh, it kind of feels like that, right? Like, what do you think about the traffic sounding like a beluga whale? Do maybe they're drowning in some sense in the city? Hmm. I also think it's just nice to try to, as a, this is sort of expanding it too much, maybe, but like the way you try to find a face and symbols. You're trying to find something sort of familiar in the white noise. What about the birds talking? What do you think the birds are saying? They're probably really mad at each other. <laughs> They're probably saying, this is my fucking seed, dude. Uh, <laughs> but when we hear it, it sounds pretty. I don't know if that's the intention of the poem at all, but that's just a thing I think about a lot. <laughs> birds yeah she is i mean they are kind of like comparing themselves to a bird yeah saying their body is so small and going through all the abuse mm. the birds take a lot of abuse are there any poems you want to read carmen other than the ones you ever read let's see yeah and i think Unless I change location, this is probably, it's getting dark here, so it'll probably be about the last I can read from the book. But there's one that I had. Oh, yeah. Obsession with domestication on page 61. Um, A desert vacation to fuck, smoke, touch. I want to write a novel uh, during our love. So every time I read it, I can't help but think of the time you made me cry over something unimportant or fucking in unique places in a home. I want to be domestic with you. Let's have a spat, plead forgiveness, spoil me, all giving siren on the way to pussy heaven. It's necessary to love where the clouds are pink. So... Why did you enjoy this one? Or did you relate to it? Um, I enjoyed it. I think, again, as this sort of contrast to some of the other ones. While I think a lot of the poems that called to me were, as Mary said earlier, ones about work um, or ones about this sort of like contrast in the distance between what you think you desire and what you can actually have. Uh, this one felt a lot softer um, and it felt just like giving into that desire a little bit more instead of analyzing that desire, um, which I found enjoyable, somewhat 
smack in the middle of the uh, collection. Um, what do you think the line all giving siren refers to? And do you think pussy heaven is just like one big vagina? Like a cloud vagina? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think there, you could have that implication with the uh, it's necessary to love where the clouds are pink. Um, I read All Giving Siren, and again, I just don't know if I'm right or wrong, but as being the fact that like I don't know. It's contrasted to this have a spat before it, but also just so much of life, especially in a city, is intersected by sirens going by, like reliably in the next few minutes, there's gonna be a siren to interrupt and change our focus if we let it. I don't know. What do you think, Mary? It's interesting you read this one right after the one I read, because I feel like they draw interesting parallels, like the yeah. all siren could be like a siren, like a mermaid-esque, like beautiful thing. Yeah. But it could be like in the poem I just read about like the ambulance, like the New York, the city, the all-encompassing. Um, and then it, I like how Aaron breaks up the, the first line, a desert vacation to fuck smoke. Like I know it's like, it can be read either way, right? A desert vacation to fuck smoke touch. But it's interesting to think like a desert vacation to fuck smoke, like the act of fucking smoke. And when the poem I just read was like, they will never touch the smoke over the mountain. So it's like, there's almost this idea that they have kind of come to touch the smoke in the mountains almost. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I just think it's interesting to kind of draw parallels if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think the comparison to the fuck smoke with the pink clouds. Mm. I like that too, beginning with the end and comparing them. Definitely. Do you think they want to be domestic with this with the city? Is that what you're saying, Carmen? I don't know. <laughs> Your interpretation is that uh, one. That's is, is that an interpretation you could possibly see? Um, maybe. I, I don't think it was an interpretation that I did see. I especially. I I found. I thought about that interpretation of this idea of like a, a siren call too, uh, which I don't think necessarily has to be divorced from the siren. Um, but I think this poem does sort of, at least at first, put us out of the city uh, mm -hmm. because it, it is a desert vacation. And so like this idea of domestic D domesticity is also a vacation in a way uh, i think yeah the speaker definitely idolized yeah is romanticizing domestication as like care it's like mm -hmm. what does care look like is that is it being domestic with you is that a way i can receive care i hadn't even thought of like the beluga whale and the all giving siren like the the themes of being underwater Hmm. Did you guys see that in any other poems? I that never like was a thing that I saw. No, I hadn't thought about it until you just said it. Same, but I think that's really interesting. Now I'm gonna have to look for that in the other poems. <laughs> yeah. 
So overall, for you guys, if you could like encapsulate all your opinions into one thing to say right now, what would that? I'm like really high. My edibles like hitting all cylinders, <laughs> man. Hell yeah. Um, what would I say? Uh, my thoughts. Um, you know, book of contrasts, a book of uh, beauty, desire, uh, the insatiability that comes with desire. Um, yeah, it seems like the person's working out a lot, and it's kind of cool to see their thought process and and how they work it out. Definitely enjoy the humor in it. You think they're like a, a mermaid? Uh, like they control men? I don't know. And that becomes their job because like sailors like mermaids. I don't know. I'm just like randomly saying shit that's in my brain. No, totally. I think that's valid, right? Maybe Bimbo Land is Atlantis. <laughs> I love that take. <laughs> Damn, I'm what definitely going to go through, do a reread, and see where all the ocean uh, references are. Yeah. I don't know. I think the sort of like musings on work and sex and their intersection are really interesting. And I like to see the way they're both intersected and contrasted. Uh, What's the most interesting way to you? I don't know. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> You're good. I was just flipping through, guys, and I found something kind of interesting. Oh. Uh, it has a it has an uh, another ocean reference, so I thought nice. I would share. Um, nice. The line the the stanza I found interesting says. Uh, claps under the weight of life ephemera, ambulance orchestra, so another ambulance or siren reference, the third one, extinct bird symphony, another bird reference, shouts out, um, the sounds you are making when we are shoreline French kissing icebergs till melt. Wow. If you and I get washed in the sea, let's meet where there is no shore. So Tyler, I really think you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> shore, Holy yeah. Shit. What uh, poem was that? This is 79. No future to write, but people need poetry now. Damn. I think, you know, there is like an undertone of climate collapse, and I feel like the ocean is like a good symbol for that, too. So maybe that's like part of it. But I didn't think about this till you brought it up, really. Yeah. I hate to be a bummer, but I have to go. Oh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> You're free to go. Yeah. But this has been a pleasure. Thank you, Tyler, for. Oh, no problem the invitation. Thanks, Mary, for talking. It was nice seeing you again. Great seeing you, Carmen. Have a great night. It's been good to catch yeah, up with. Bye, for Carmen. sure. Bye. I guess we'll end this since it's been... We have nine minutes. Do you need to go? I can stay for a couple minutes. Okay. If, if, there's any, if you have any last question or any thoughts, last thoughts on the book or anything before did, I hit it. Did this make you want to write a poem? It did. It did. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. It, it also, yeah. I think just like sitting down and like going over one or just going over poems and trying to figure out little things that maybe other people haven't seen or just the way that you creatively analyze and think and like it opens up new passageways that you haven't access before in your brain because maybe you haven't read something like this before and it's just challenging i think that's a good positive thing to do definitely definitely yeah i really 
enjoyed hearing uh, yours and uh, Carmen's takes on the poems. Definitely opens up so many possibilities. When's the, do you like occasionally sit down and read poems and like analyze them and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy reading the poem here or there. Yeah, for sure. Were you sad about uh, the person that passed away? Yeah, I I didn't know him, but oh my gosh, horrific. Louise Gluck. Oh, Louise Gluck. Oh, yes, yes. I was sad about her. Yeah, I like her work. I I thought you're talking about there's someone who was murdered in Brooklyn a few weeks ago. What? Yeah, and and he was really big in the like poetry scene. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm sure you saw online about that. Yeah, Louise Gluck. Yeah, eighty. She lived a long life. Seemed good life. Wrote a lot of books. Yeah. Are you writing? like currently not really but i, I that's do okay feel, uh, yeah feel the carmen guilt what about you you writing anything tyler what are you up to i remember you thinking about kind of starting like a mag or something no yeah i would like to do that i think about that like every fucking day yeah but it's like daunting to take it on by myself because i don't know what comes after totally but uh, I would say starting a podcast pretty daunting. I feel like you're killing it. I was looking at the Spotify today. I was like, damn, you interviewed Miss Unity. That's really sick. Like, yeah. Very interesting interview. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to listen. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I've already asked you if you wanted to start a podcast. If you're going to do like... Have you thought about doing a magazine with Carmen and just doing like one, doing like one, one issue? issue? Honestly, one issue does sound way more manageable than any kind of ongoing thing, I got to say. So if I were to do it, maybe that is the move. So if I'm going to pitch a magazine to you and Carmen to collaborate on, I just do, <laughs> just do <laughs> one just issue. Throw the idea and then Carmen and I execute it. <laughs> That'd be cool to collaborate on you guys with the, for a magazine and just do yeah. one. That would be cool. I have too many ideas. What's the reality of you doing something like that? Probably not right now. Not right now. Okay. I have too many hobbies right now, Tyler. I got to be honest. It's I'll a... wait two years and then I'll. Yeah, hit me up in two it. years. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Anything you want to say about your residency or anything like that? Uh, I hope people apply for the spring. Um, people come. I hope people come to the show. It's been a lot of fun. Absolute pleasure to collaborate with one of my favorite people in my life, Zoe Blair Chaganoff. Shouts out to her. Um, and yeah, just thank you, thank you to you, Tyler, and to Carmen, and to Aaron Taylor for writing this awesome book. Uh, it's it's been a pleasure being on here and getting to think about poetry together is such a, a gift. And thanks for sharing that with us. It's really oh, kind no problem. Of thank you for coming on. This was awesome. I really fucking enjoyed this. And it was oh, like yeah. went a lot smoother than. I thought it would go in my head. I think it went great. Yeah. Such a chill person to talk to. Thanks for all oh. your Well, thank you for that. You too. You're just like every time I come to you with an idea, you're just like, fuck yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> and like yeah, energizes me to like want to do more shit, you know. Hell yeah. That's what not, I'm here for. Not everyone's like like that. A lot of people aren't. So thanks for that. Anytime. You're like a Red Bull. <laughs> thanks. All right. I'll see you. Night. See you. Bye, Tyler. Thanks Bye. again. No problem. Well, that was Mary Boo and Carmen E. Fucking Brady. I can't believe I got these two to come in and just chill and talk about poetry. That was so, so fun.
and yeah, I took an edible and it started hitting way before I had said it was hitting. It just kind of, it dove, it dove in and it started, it's hard to analyze when you're a little high and your brain doesn't work and like, you can see like a stanza in front of you, but like you can't like encompass the whole poem. That was, that was awesome. I want to collab with like Mary Boo. What, who doesn't? Doesn't everyone want to collaborate with Mary Boo? And Carmen? So next time, if I have Carmen and Mary Boo on, I think the trick is to do it before it gets dark. And maybe don't do it on Sunday. I don't know, because Lucy's book club ended. And this was kind of a book club, you guys. The tragic... I found a tweet by Mary Boo that had Carmen and from the catch fest 2017 when they knew each other and it was like tragic bitches so i think the name of the show will be tragic bitches read bimbo land the fucking water shit and that's that's the cool thing about collaborating with like other people and talking to them about poems like you guys don't understand carmen and mary boo they went really fucking hard on this book. I did not expect that. I just like, okay, one or two poems, and then we can go over. They did have, like the whole book, and they thought about it really smart ways, like way smarter than like me. Mary Boo was fucking killing it. Because there's so many poems in here that you want to fucking think about. You want to expand on. And you spend a lot of time on one and then you go to another one and like I don't I don't I don't know what this poem is about. But like I could I should I should have chosen this poem. I should have chosen that poem to go over. I love the water thing. Mary Boo bringing up my magazine. Fuck. I gotta do I gotta do it. I gotta do the magazine. That was fun. All right, I'm going to go. I'm just like so happy right now. I'm enjoying this life. This is a cool, I have a cool life. This is a good day. I didn't like, I didn't get any sleep last night, man. But I have lived of life today. Alright, I'll see you guys later. My name is Tyler Hearn and this has been Low Violet where I interview authors and talk to books and I interview books. <laughs>